Welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. Coming up for you on episode 43, we'll be reviewing running films and talking toenails, Strava wankers, boobs and poo. Classic running is BS stuff there. Um, We're going to kick off though, we're going to start again on a really shitty note. Amy... Tell us about your recent running experience. Oh, you know, I love Let's just get this out of the way. Get it out of the way. Well, we're talking about Strava wankers later, but I'm talking about an actual wanker now. (laughs) She literally, literally is. (sighs) Right. So I went for my run on my usual running route, which is uh, for those who live in Cardiff down the Ely Trail near Grangemore Park, Um, just in case anyone else wants to come and assault me, basically. Just giving out my location of where I run there. Um, no, but usually it's a, it's a very nice route. It's usually quite busy with runners and stuff. But on, I think it was Tuesday morning. I, I can't remember this week's been a blur. I went down there and there was a man masturbating at the side of the trail. And I did that oh. thing where in my head I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. I was like, <laughs> maybe he was having a wee. <laughs> like, it's just adjusting wasn't. something now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, it, I, to be honest, I didn't feel like threatened with the experience because he wasn't like looking at me and he wasn't really acknowledging me. Um, he was just like to one side. But I, I was in my head because I was like thinking, right, I need to get out of the park first mm. and then I'll, I'll ring 101. I, I wasn't sure as well. I was like, is this an emergency or do I just ring 101? I, thought, <laughs> yeah. I don't feel threatened or anything, so I'll ring 101. But as I was like, it took me about five minutes to get out the park and onto the main road. And I was thinking, as I was doing that, I was thinking, should I ring 101? Is this the right thing? Was he having a wank? Maybe I, maybe, maybe I didn't see it properly. Maybe, you know, because it's first thing in the morning. Hmm. I thought, no, no. It, it's. I definitely saw what I saw, but also I'd rather be mistaken hmm. than to not report it and, you know, potentially it did happen and, and that guy's going to, things might escalate. So, so yeah. And it, you know what? Ringing 101 was a really positive experience. I got out of the park. They picked up straight away because it was early in the morning and they sent the police out pretty much straight away. So, I called them and then I continued on my run um, and then the police rang me back in about five minutes and they, they were on a mobile so I could tell, I could hear stuff in the background, I could tell that they were at the location they just asked again, you know, what did he look like and all that. So that's just to say, you know, if you do see anything like this, report it, Don't because mm. there might be a little voice in your head that goes, oh, maybe I didn't see what I saw, maybe, you know, maybe it's not a big deal and all this, just report it, you know, that's the job of the police to decipher whether it actually you know whether yeah. you were mistaken or whatever just report it so yeah it was bizarre because i think in your head you if you're like me when you're running you always think about these things like oh what if i found a dead body or if you're a woman you probably do think what if i saw some like crazy guy flash me or, or whatever yeah. or, ma- or masturbating or whatever and in my head i'd always think like i'd shout at them and try and embarrass them you know that 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 that's what I do in that situation, but I didn't. In that situation, I was like, I need to get away from this place I'm in as quickly as possible. And I think, you know, you do just think about your safety in that situation and prioritise that rather yeah. than being angry or or anything like that. So, so yeah, that was a bit of a... It was funny because when I was on the phone to 101, the woman was lovely um, on the phone. She was like, what's wrong with people? And I said, yeah, I said, it's, it's too early for this crap, isn't it? And she laughed and went, yeah. <laughs> it was like 7am in the morning. I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, I think you did exactly the right thing. It was just get out of there, don't engage, yeah. and call the police. I don't... And I was thinking about it because you told me kind of about it that morning. And I was like, mm. I don't think it would have occurred to me to call the police immediately that quickly because I, yeah. I guess it's 
probably a little different for me as well. As a man, I probably wouldn't feel as threatened by it. Yeah. But as you said, you don't know who the next person down the path is. And you don't know if they're looking for a particular type of person to do something else to. Yeah. Well, and just call 101 because that's what it's there for. If you don't have to call, if it's not, if no one's being threatened and it's not, you know, a matter of life and death or whatever, just call 101. And they're they're more than happy to take reports like that and send police down. And like I said, I think because the nature of it, they sent the police down quite quickly. But that's up to them to prioritise whether it's important or not. You know, you just... Just report it and then it's out of your hands, you know. I did also, as I was running, there was another, as I was making my way out of the park, there was a woman coming the other way and I told her as well. Mm. So, like, obviously if you see something like that, also be mindful of, like, other runners that are going in that direction and just let them know, you know, just in case. Well, we shared this in our running club as well, not to kind of scare people or put people off running there, but just also to give that positive experience you had with the police and to let them know, just to keep it in mind of, you know, unfortunately these things do happen, but fucking hell, that's... It's so strange. Things like that have been happening since the dawn of time, and it's not made me um, scared to run. I haven't run for the rest of the week, but that's not the reason. Um, it's not made me fearful. It's um, it played on my mind a bit because mm. I think it is that thing of like, oh, what should I have done? What you know, all those things. But it hasn't made me fearful. And I didn't I, by sharing this story. I don't want to make anyone else, especially women. I don't want to make you scared of running on your own because there's a big difference between that sort of crime and it escalating into assault. You know, mm. there's. They're, they're slightly different things it's just you, you know report it don't feel like oh you know this isn't um this isn't important or whatever you better just report it and like i said just ring 101 often they'll answer really quickly and sort sort it out so yeah, yeah. <laughs> the crappy bit done <laughs> right so that's the shitty bit done i think right let's park that yeah it's, that's obviously a horrible thing it's obviously proper real bullshit we'll move on to the fake bullshit that we enjoy complaining about now amy mm-hmm. your week got better after that it's fair to say i did and i haven't really been running much but that's because i have a new dog I have a new puppy. Oh, <laughs> oh, i hate you so much uh, well I, we've been looking to get finley a sister for a while because he loves dogs so much he's, he's just so sociable with other dogs so we wanted to get him a sister and we uh, saw a dog came up for adoption i think she was a lockdown puppy so she's a well she's supposed to be a beagle but yeah. we think she might be crossed with something because she's she has these massive long legs so we're not sure what exactly she is but she's supposed to be a beagle um but i think the couple who who got her got her during lockdown and then once things start getting started getting back to normal they thought we don't have the time to deal with a beagle <laughs> you yeah, know cuz she's God. crazy like she's lovely but she has so much energy um which is perfect for us and hopefully one day she'll be able to run with me as well with a a big long legs so yeah, it's a win-win because i think i'm parking the idea of uh finley ever being able to run with me i think now that's that's four by the way so you know <laughs> yeah okay well done congratulations really happy for she's, you she's called pippin <laughs> is she Which gonna is, have her uh, own instagram account well we're not sure at the moment oh, we're not tricky, sure whether to put her on finley's or uh we could have pip and finn you know which mm. works quite well yeah so um, we're, we're not really sure. She's currently asleep under under my desk at the moment. So uh, they just do nothing but play all the yeah. time, her and Finley. So they're knackered. So she won't be appearing on the podcast as frequently in the background as Finley no, does. No, at the moment, touch word, at the moment, she's not really barky. She only barks when Finley barks, which is a lot. But like when Finley barks, she's like, oh, no, there's something wrong. So she has to bark. And she does that really loud beagle bark. Yeah. So we're trying to discourage that. But other than that, she's really quiet. So. 
So yeah, that's been. I mean, the week before that, I had a really good week last week. Like, I did a long run of twelve miles. Twelve miles. So, I know. I did twelve miles, and I think I don't know whether I did three or four runs that week, but it actually been ended up being a solid week. Mm. And then getting her, that just threw things out because my sleep schedule was a bit yes. messed up and stuff. And like getting the two dogs to, you know, it's a lot of work introducing two dogs to each other. To be honest, like yeah. having to keep breaking them up and keeping an eye on them. So yeah, but next week I'll be back on track again. But the running's go. I'm getting my life together. Building you know? up your doggage. Yeah, getting the dog. You know, getting the dogs, getting on with each other, getting my running going. It's all, it's all gravy. You know. <laughs> Can't wait to see what's going to ruin it all. Yeah, your week must have been shit in comparison to mine. Well, apart from wanky man, you know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see any wanky men, um, so that was nice. Um, my latest comedy injury is I was chasing a squirrel out of the garden because we've got a bird table and we've got lots of birds there, which, of course, we've mostly named. Uh, we're getting loads of birds. It's really nice. Um, but so I chased a squirrel out, but as I was walking back in, I stood on a stone and it was kind of just this really pathetic slow crumple to the ground because I couldn't kind of balance with the other foot because that was already lifting off. So I'd put my full weight on this stone and just kind of went and crumpled to the ground, which kind of bruised upon my foot a little bit. Luckily, it cleared up for today because today or this morning, uh, there's another one of these club relays going on in kind of the West Country and South Wales, I think it seems to be, uh, from Croft Ambry Running Club, wherever they are. Um, and it was all about uh, elevation. So people getting their allotted slots. I did nine till 10 this morning, running as much elevation as you can in that time. And it was fucking brutal because it was really hot this morning, even by nine o'clock. Because on the side of this hill we're on, we're just in the full glare of the sun. I managed to do 503 meters though. So I'm so happy about that. I'm nowhere near as hill fit as I used to be. But I think a lot of this is actually down to planning because I've seen there's a lot fitter, better runners than me out doing it, running up some different places. But I think they're going up these really, really long hills, which are really hard in a different way, but they don't quite get you that elevation efficiency. SBC just did like about 10 reps of the bottom of this hill. I carried on up for the first time and went up. I'd never done it before, so it was a bit of a risk, but I knew it was really, really steep, which is what I wanted. I got there and it's just, I've got a photo of it and it's just ferns as far as the eye can see. There's no path. So I had to kind of hack my way through all these. And then it was a scramble up basically a cliff on my hands and feet to pull myself to the very top and then back down the same way. And it was absolutely brutal. Um, It's just one of these runs, like within a minute, I think I was at, I was completely out of breath. My heart rate was over 180 within a minute. It was just, man, I did that for an hour. But it was really good fun. It was, it was so really some good. people are some people having to do it in the middle of the day then? Yeah, yeah. It's from it's 6 time. until 8 p.m. this evening. We've got Jeez, two teams like... going all day. So I'm like, I've turned my phone over. I've like silenced it because I'm desperate because it incorporates many of the things I enjoy most, which is planning and telling people what to do, making a spreadsheet and then complaining about it. So it's perfect yeah. for me. And I'm, I've been watching it all day. I'm kind of sad that I missed out on that because honestly, I didn't see the post on Facebook. Well, of course you wouldn't. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on because I do stuff like that. I like like trying to do that elevation and stuff. And there I agree are no with what hills you said. near you though. Well, to be honest, the um, the hill that goes up to Penarth is quite good because it is one of those that's just very steep, yeah. and you could do lots of reps on it. Whereas, like you said, I think the mistake some people make is to choose a really long hill that isn't as steep. But I find that those. You feel okay for a bit and then suddenly it hits you all at once. Like, holy shit, why is this so hard? 
you know when you're on like a long run or whatever it's like a gradual incline. yeah it might be two or three hundred meters but you can only, you've only got time to do it once yeah yeah i would have a recommendation perhaps for other people i know um running clubs are kind of starting to return back to normal now um but i would say it's a good club challenge maybe maybe not as a relay for the full day but just tell people one hour go and do as much elevation as possible winner gets yeah. all the glory i think that's a good hilarious thing to do and people will hate you for it definitely okay so some comments on the last episode firstly from twitter so at emma h82 says what a great interview with ben smith i've read his book listened to him speak at one of his talks and i still want to hear more she loves her a bit of ben smith she does she's uh, number one fan glad you enjoyed it emma i really enjoyed interviewing him from what i could actually hear in, in the zoom call but yeah he, he's just a great guy isn't he he's really inspiring yeah, but yeah. he's also just a nice guy as well yeah, just kind of really lovely, down-to-earth, normal kind of person that did something completely stupid and, and interesting. Uh, we also had a tweet from David Sinclair about Ben as well. He said, it's always fantastic to hear Ben talk. He says, what stays in my mind a lot about that 401 running Cardiff in November 2015 is how much Ben ate at the cafe in the break and then carried on running. Inspirational. I mean, that is the true inspiration. Definitely. That <laughs> is what it's all about. Um, and he also came up with a said he's finally caught up with us and he's uh, forgot the joy that is Amy Genders with some of your classic lines such as they don't have fucking corgis in the wild I only get competitive if it looks like I might already be winning and it's like a litmus test for arseholes <laughs> it's classic genders right there classic I'm thinking I'm feeling new merchandise with a little book of <laughs> little book of genders like some little quotes to help you through your day or maybe a calendar each month you can have a new inspirational quote <laughs> Uh, Matt Barton underscore tweeted us as well and said regarding recent bullshit about your toenails cutting your other toes he says try Injinji toe socks they've recently come in for some scorn on dumbrunner.com but that's undeserved in my opinion I used to get that cut toes thing all the time but no longer Injinji yes I like the idea of running toe socks I've had toe socks before and they're hilarious because they're kind of a little bit gross and when you take them off it feels lovely for some reason I don't know why um, I remember running when toe, toe socks, socks were very toe socks yeah. were very in fashion for a while, weren't they? Like, was yeah. it late nineties, early two thousands? I had some like big rainbow ones and stuff, and I, it was yeah. very novel concept. Yeah, gloves for your feet. But the running ones sound like a lovely idea. But the cheapest ones I've been able to find are like twelve quid, and I'm not sure if I'm ready to spend twelve pounds on socks. And a pair of nail clippers from Boots will set you back about a quid. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Max Carnage has been back in touch and said, aside from appreciating the chafed ball sack slash leggings chat. You're welcome. I wanted to assure Amy that my likes in Strava are always sincere and never ironic. I think you can tell, can't you? I can I can tell. I can tell the tone of a like, Max. Oh, yeah. don't, don't you worry. I can tell. <laughs> it's those ones that never like anything else, but then they like it when I've just gone out and run like three miles. Like, oh, well done, Amy. Well done for going out there. But when I run 12 miles, everyone's like it's all when you've just like just to record something little just to get the end of a thing it's like 0.2 yeah. of a kilometre in 10 minutes and like yeah. like people like it I'm like why are you liking that for what's that? shit <laughs> what's that about weird Lynn M. Simpson also got back to us and she said when you go for a run to escape your family for an hour and your husband keeps being mentioned on a podcast that counts as bullshit right yeah sorry that's uh, at, at dragalthor and she says hashtag I liked it first yeah, but he's given us the money, so he's getting the attention. Sorry, Lynn. Yeah, and if he donates, is it 30 quid? He can have a little audio clip on our podcast. Yeah, absolutely, if you like. Yeah, you can get yeah. even more mentions. That's yeah. worth it. 
So thank you all for getting back to us. Don't forget we're on Twitter at running is BS and we always like to hear about what is going wrong for you in your running life. Um, speaking of Patreon, a big thank you at this point to our Patreon donors who have helped us out this month with at least five dollars. Okay then, right. The loudly great Lisa Gibbon, the justly perfect Julia Page, the vulgarly delightful Victoria Dick, the blindly spooky Brian Simpson, the evenly lumpy Elliot Line, the meagerly witted Maria Wicks, the measurably lovely Matt Leeds. The shrilly reminiscent Simon Ross, the carefully groovy Clark Gilmore, the knowledgeably sufficient Kirk Shepard, the nearly gamey Nicky Genders, the helpfully physical Hugh Phillips, the recently simple Rob Smith, the joyously juicy Jay, and the melodramatically gentle Matt Garner. Thank you all very, very much. And an extra special thank you with hugs and kisses to Stuart Brandwood, who confused us a little by donating $20, which isn't one of the options and we didn't know you could do, but we very much appreciate it. Is that the Stuart Brandwood? Yes, seriously. Stuart Brandwood. Stuart Brandwood. $20 to our little podcast. Can you believe it? Someone of that calibre. Well, we might as well just put an end to it now because all we wanted was for the Branwood to notice us really SB that's all it was the brands so thank you very much everyone let's move on to our main topic of running films are bullshit this is a good idea we have mostly because we can spin out over many many episodes if we get stuck with ideas we can just watch a film and then talk shit about it Um, so coming up here we're going to talk about two films Britney Runs a Marathon and Run Fat Boy Run, which actually coordinate quite well together because they're both kind of popular Hollywood running films that don't really bear much relation to actual running. Or well, we'll find out as we go through. Shall I go? For, I watch Britney Runs a Marathon. Um, so let's just go through that. Now, have you seen this one? I haven't seen it. Is it on? I do want to see it though. Is it Netflix or Prime? Is it like Wonderful. is it free to watch if you have a subscription? Basically, that yes, so it's probably okay. Netflix. I will watch it there at some point. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it is actually it's okay. It's worth watching as a as a running film. Um, so basically, it's the story of a woman. This is based on a true story as well. Obviously, very much Hollywoodized. It's basically a woman is overweight. She starts to become unhealthy and sees a doctor. Um, so then she decides to start running and then she becomes a runner and then she eventually runs a marathon which is kind of it's not unimpressive but to most runners that's just a normal arc that's just what happens to most people that you know it's like they were unhealthy they started running and then they ran Mm -hmm. i think like to a lot of normals that's like oh my god she ran a marathon that's incredible and we're like meh that's fine yeah no need to make a film about it (laughs) (laughs) all right i I did find that a little odd in a way because i think she did this back in like 2011 and her friend was a writer in new york which always helps Mm. who wrote the film about it and i was interesting that it's not as i said it's not a hugely dramatic thing on its own but i guess you just knew the right people and this person was looking to write a film yeah anyway um it's got some kind of classic things in there so she goes for her first run and as a lot of first runners do piles on the layers like a t-shirt and a vest and a hoodie and she wears high tops for her first run when she's really overweight as well and my feet were aching just watching that i used to run with a guy who ran in high tops as well i don't i hear they're good for weights for weightlifting everyone says get yourself some high tops they're amazing just because they're flat shoes but running and also they never they never strike i don't understand especially in this country maybe it's different in america but people don't really think of them as trainers do they high tops Mm. so i don't get why people think oh i'm going for a run grab my high tops 
I think just seen as a sport shoe, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but why? But like my my flat arches are not liking that at all. And like her first run, she just runs to the end of a end of the, the city block, which is about mm. two hundred and eighty meters or something. That's her first ever run, which is probably quite relatable to a lot of people. Um, she does rock up to a club run because one of her neighbours runs and tells her about it. And I just thought this was really odd because she kind of turns up and the leader is doing the announcement and she says. okay guys we're going to be doing two miles at nine minute mile pace off we go and then they just go and i'm like whoa 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 that's some bad run leading first of all you've got everyone there for a club run to do two miles (laughs) which isn't that far i would think three would be a bit more obvious well they've done in less than 20 minutes aren't they (laughs) yeah and just just one pace is that all we're going to do and what is everyone going to run in a group and then they all just kind of run and spread out and then they're handing out water at the end i'm like what for a two mile run (laughs) And she kind of comes in like really kind of out of breath because it's the furthest she's ever... She's only run like half a mile and then she goes and does two. What, and she does it in... With each one being a nine-minute mile? (laughs) No, she does it in like 45 minutes by the look of it because she just gets left behind by this terrible run leader (laughs) who's supposed to be like her great friend and everything by the end. I'm like, well, she's not a very good run leader. That would not get through the UK Athletics run leading course, definitely. There's no (laughs) warm-up, no cool-down. She enters her first 5K... Uh, which was really odd as well. This again, this is just being a runner and being picky. But they had numbers bibs and there was an official photographer because she's looking at photos after. But there was no chip timing. There was no mats. There was no people with stopwatches. So there wasn't a timed race. But she still paid for it and had a bib and a fog photographer. And then there's no water at the end. So two miles with your club and get water. Do a three mile race and you don't get any water. Maybe the Very club strange. maybe the club took the water. You know when they set out water the night before a race or something yeah. of those big things. Maybe the club thought, ah, free water. And then the, the, the race directors for the 5K came along and were like, oh shit, somebody's drank all our water. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just another one of these classic um, races that just rips off new runners. I, I was not happy about that. <laughs> Um, she does start running with uh, a guy called Seth, who she kind of met in this first run. They're both running really slowly together. And it's kind of odd because he doesn't look at all unfit. He looks like quite a fit, strong man. But and he really plays up the bad running technique because his arms are all over and his elbows are out and his knees are up and down. And I'm I'm not sure either they're trying to be kind of clever and say you can't tell a runner from their looks. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter if you look fit, you are. Or it could have just been really bad casting because he just he didn't look like a really slow runner. No, I, he, was, <laughs> and he, he was really playing it up. Yeah, I think that must be dodgy casting because sure, if you're like if you're muscly, then you might not have the stamina to run very far, but you can surely run fast over a short distance because you have the muscle yeah. capacity for it. You can really tell he was trying to run slow. Yeah, <laughs> you know what that looks like. Um, and it kind of moved on, and it was quite interesting that it, eventually she actually injures herself through compulsive efforts to lose weight and she actually misses her marathon due to a stress fracture on her foot which is i think is a really good thing to put in a film because again it shows something that's real and something that happens and actually shows that just trying to lose weight on its own is a bad thing yeah you know the aim is to be healthy and the weight loss you know will or will not happen doesn't matter that's not the most important thing so she actually misses the marathon which kind of puts her into a bit of a depression um but then she kind of once she recovers after the marathon uh, a year later she runs it herself uh, she runs the new york marathon i found it quite odd because she runs it entirely on her own like she gets to the race village get the expo and all that stuff and she's just on her own she's done all the rest of it like with her friends mm-hmm. and now she's a bit on her own which i thought was a bit odd um but she starts and uh, you know she's she gets to about mile 20 22 
And when she kind of hits a proper breakdown, she really hits the wall. And she kind of over to the side of the barrier. And this marshal comes up to her and he's such a dick. <laughs> this marshal saying to her, oh, you've done really well to get this far. Do you want to quit now? It's OK if you want to quit. Just come with me. You know, it's really tough. You've done really well. And I'm like, what? He's... That's not what a marshal at mile 22 needs to do. He sounds like mile... he's trying to abduct her. <laughs> Yeah, you're no, tired this, this you're one... weakened come on let's yeah, no. marshall at mile 22 should be kicking your ass <laughs> they should be like here's a bottle of water you fucking go and you walk to the end if you need to that's what you need at that point and so you know she then does a the thing i'm like no i'm not gonna quit now and she goes and finishes but what i love is when she's crossing the finish line because they obviously filmed this during a new york marathon i think 2017 all the people she's finishing with, they are clearly like three, three and a half hour runners. And she looks like she's done this in about six or seven. Mm. And so it's really kind of odd because she's like really struggling at the beginning. She's, you know, and they, they do show her like towards the tail of the race, but she's finishing with all these really fast runners because <laughs> I guess that was the gap they had to film it in. So that's a little bit odd. And, you know, so she does the race and she finds happiness and... Of course, you know, and so there was a little bit of criticism. I talked about this on Twitter. There's a few people got back to me and said they didn't like the fact it was like fat woman decides to lose weight and losing weight makes her happy, which I didn't get from that myself. But I guess it depends on your experience and the way you see it. I can see how you would think that. Um, I did look up because I said this was based on a real film. The real Britney, she did it back in 2014 and she actually had it delayed by two years, not because of a stress fracture or like an injury. It's because of Hurricane Sandy. Mm. So she actually had two extra years to train. And she did it in the end in 3.55. So they did Hollywoodize this story quite a lot. They made it, I think, probably a lot more dramatic than the, the real one was. Because that's a really but, good time. 3.55. Yeah, really yeah, for a first marathon. Yeah. But she had, an, she had like an extra two years to train for mm. it. So she had, you know, quite a long time. So she wasn't, by then, she wasn't really a new runner, mm. I don't think. Mm. So, yeah, I think it was kind of interesting in terms of whether it depicts running in a real way. I think it kind of did. It showed how hard it is. It showed how you can get injuries from overtraining because, you know, like she goes out in the middle of the night because she hasn't lost enough weight and does it like a sprint down the street. So I think it shows that really well. It shows people being absolutely fucking knackered really well. Um, but it's just obviously the way you have to film it around a marathon is quite funny. And I think it was written by a runner, but it seems like it was again then edited heavily by a writing room who didn't run mm. so that's the thing i'm always looking at is like did this actually look like running did it come from runners it kind of did and then the direction and the i guess probably the other writing and the editing to the script then took it a bit away from that to make it a bit more dramatic mm. but it was a pretty good film mm. i'll say that much i i do want to watch it it does sound i think i've seen an advert for it somewhere and i think maybe by the sounds of it you know, if, if the message was about she's happier because she's, you know, found running as in like keeping her fit, regardless of weight, being fit yeah. is what's making her happier. Then uh, maybe that message needs to be made a bit stronger because people, I guess, mm. do assume that the trope is, oh, she goes from being overweight to less overweight or skinny or whatever. And she's happy. Yeah. And I think it needs to be really overt in there that she's ha if, if this is the case she's happier because she feels fitter regardless of yeah. how much she weighs. she does she she is a bit of a dick i mean she does in the middle of it she does kind of get really down on it and she kind of starts having to go all her friends about mm. different things again but that, as her so it was kind of good that she wasn't a perfect character yeah you know she does have quite a few flaws which mm. is always good mm. in a film 
So, you know, I, I guess it's quite a bit late to say now, but spoiler alert. Like, I was thinking that as you were saying, like, ah, oh, but if, I suppose if we're doing... I'm just describing the whole film. Our, I'm ruining it for everyone. In our film reviews, we will be doing spoilers. <laughs> we will be ruining films. Yes, definitely. So there we go. Uh, Amy, tell us about Run, Fat Boy, Run. Okay, so I'm assuming a lot of listeners may have watched this. Even, you know, I watched this. It came out in 2008, so that was before I became a runner that I watched it. And it's very... The film's very typical... Um, sort of late 2000s, you know, all those films like Simon Pegg in and also Nick Frost as well. Not Nick Frost is It's just one, a Simon Pegg film. It's a Simon Pegg film. Like, I was getting yeah. confused. I was saying to my partner, I was like, oh, I can't remember his name. I was like, oh, so-and-so's in this. And then as I was watching, I was realising that actor isn't in this. He's in another Simon Pegg film. I'm just getting completely confused because yeah. they all just merge <laughs> into one. But it is interesting because you can watch it and really pinpoint it to that era. Like, the comedy and everything. Yeah. You can really, like, yeah. it's got a real late 2000s sort of vibe to it also dylan moran was in it where is he now is he still alive is he still a thing i don't know i used to really like dylan moran he did stand up he was also in black books which i love yeah. if anyone's seen black books the sitcom but he was in a load of uh, simon Pegg stuff as well but i was like oh, it's mm. dylan moran so dylan moran plays this guy called gordon um who i think is meant to be like a bit of a dodgy character owes money to like gangsters and stuff it's not really that clear um in terms of character development and then you've got Simon Pegg's character, Dennis. And he decides to run the, wait for it, the Nike River Run. What? The Nike River Run. <laughs> we know where the money came from in this film. Yeah, there's a few shots. They've obviously, um, when they set up the race, they, I don't think, I think they set up the race and filmed it. I don't think they used another race because I think it's meant to be like the London Marathon, but I'm assuming they couldn't get rights to say yeah. London Marathon. Um, so I think it's meant to be like that, but I don't think they filmed it another race. I think they set it up because you see everyone with bibs with the Nike symbol on and stuff. Mm. And there's some shots like further away of, look, it's set in London, of London, and you can see how they've CGI'd like big Nike River Run uh, posters <laughs> everywhere and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, the Nike River Run, which as well, I don't think Nike would call a race that. It'd be called like Nike London something or other, wouldn't it? Not the Nike River Run. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little dull for Nike. Yeah, yeah. But I'm assuming they wanted to, you know, be careful about stepping on London Marathon's toes because that's... It'd be like Max River Plus run Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's obviously what it's meant to be because that's what... Because audi- this was made for general audiences, it's, you know, not mm. for runners in particular. So most runners, if it's a race in London, it's a London Marathon, isn't it? So I think that's what it's supposed to be. Um, so Dennis is trying to win back his uh, ex-fiancee who he left at the altar while she was pregnant and this is like really I know we're not talking much about running yet but this is like a really uh, funny as in not funny haha funny but strange trope that's in a lot of these films is the main character like is a total dick and actually the guy so she's he's trying to win her back from this guy that she's now seeing and he's got his shit together you know he runs he's got like a really high profile job but we're meant to be on Simon Pegg on, on Dennis's side through this. See, immediately I'm not. This is the thing that really bugs me about films. It's like, stop telling men you need to win back women through yeah. grand gestures. <laughs> That's not how it works. She's in a relationship now. Leave her the fuck alone. All right? Get over it. Yeah. You fucked it up. 
they always get back together. They've got all exactly the same problems. Oh, but he did a big gesture, so it's all right now. Oh, it pisses me off. But that's the thing. Like, it, the, the gesture gesture as well, once it's done, it's done. Because it's like, oh, this is to prove that I can commit to something. It's like, commit to the actual things you need to commit to then. Like, your relationship and your child yeah. and your job or whatever you need I to can, commit to. I can commit for two hours, but no more. Yeah, and then once I've done that, it shows that I'm a changed person. So it was that Ugh. sort of typical um, typical trope to it. So, some of, and there's a lot riding on this race. So, obviously, there's got to be a bit of mild peril as well. So, of course... Of course. One of the reasons he does the race is because he wants to win back his ex-fiancée. Um, then Gordon, Dylan Moran's character, has a bet on him finish, finishing the race. So he owes loads of money to these gangsters or whatever. And if he doesn't, and if Simon Pegg finishes the race, then he'll get, you know, he'll get, he'll get the money and, and they'll break his legs if he doesn't or whatever. Um, so then, so then Gordon becomes his coach. Which is very strange. Cool. Um, and there's also this um, South Asian guy who's sort of, I don't know, looking back at these films, whether it's right, who's sort of there for comedy effect. So he's got a really strong, like, sort of South Asian, like, Indian, Pakistani accent. Um, and he just seems to be there for comic effects. I think he's like. Cool. He's not the landlord. I don't know whether he is the landlord, actually. I, I, that's the thing. I'm not really sure what the point of his character is, other than. I'm South Asian and I'm saying funny things, sort of. Do you know what I mean? It's very, it's very much like yeah. a caricature. It's very quite, it's quite odd and hits him with a spatula or something like that when he's not running fast enough. It's very, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that looking back. With, it's a nice 90s throwback. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. It's a bit, yeah, looking back at it with the 2020 vision, pun intended, it, it comes across as quite strange. Um, 2020 vision, nice. Yeah, I know, there we go. Uh, then his the other landlord, which again I'm not sure how they all relate to each other, but his not the South Asian guy. This other landlord says that if he, <laughs> I'm not sure what this is the thing like about just going back to the uh, the South Asian guy. Minute, I can't remember his name because he there's no character development, and I'm not really sure what the point of him is. Something to do with him, something to do with the house he lives in. Um, the actual landlord says that if he finishes the race, then he won't have to pay back all this rent he owes her. So he's really behind on his rent, and she says, right, if you finish this race, you won't have to pay back the late rent. Um, but if he doesn't, he has to move out. Which, That's not how landlords work. No, it's not a very good business deal, isn't it? That's probably not in the tenancy agreement either. No, I'm pretty sure that's not exactly. So there's, there's a lot, there's a lot riding on him finishing this yeah, race. Absolutely. It's hot. Basically, if he doesn't finish this race, his whole life's going to fall apart, and his and Dylan Moran's going to end up in the Thames in concrete boots, I think. So, <laughs> so, um, so of course he has to start training, and the usual, you know, new runner stuff. Which, yeah. So he's got three weeks to train in for a marathon. For a marathon, cool. Yeah, which you know I understand. I trained. It took me three weeks to train for my ultra. So I just, I understand the mentality. That's the uh, Amy Gender's method of training for anything. Um, he did his first run in t-shirt, in a t-shirt, not too odd, and swimming trunks, which I didn't really, like, proper, like, not like big slip swimming trunks, like, as in, like, ones that are tight and lycra. Budgie smugglers. Yeah. And I just thought, surely he owns some shorts or some, or some, like, like, sweatpants or something, you know, some tracks. I mean, even bottom. a pair of jeans would be better. Yeah. But he went out in, I know it's probably for comic relief, but it just didn't probably, seem, yeah. it didn't seem logical. To be wearing swim shorts, even boxers, even a big pair of boxers would have been better than wearing your, your swim shorts out. So that was a bit odd. 
he also gets brand new shoes before the race and then suddenly that's like yeah i can i can do anything now i've been given brand new running shoes like that is a rookie oh. mistake brand new shoes for course, yeah that tells you 100 percent this was not written by a runner exactly exactly and i feel like some people have you know if you're a more experienced runner some people will do that thing where they get a new kit and they wear it to a race, but they know the risks. They know they're doing something fucking stupid. Whereas yeah. I think he thought that, yep, that's what you do. You get new shoes before a race. Um, mm-hmm. And then the morning of the race is like a fever dream. Like It's like a horrible anxiety dream that I've had before because he wakes up late and then has to rush across London to get to the start line. And it's so stressful just watching it. <laughs> The night before, sleeping at Dylan Moran's house because he's been kicked out of his house by the landlord. I don't even get started on that. But um, they have to set an alarm and Dylan Moran's like, I don't have an alarm, I don't have to be anywhere. And I'm thinking, your phone? But it's 2008, you know? Probably still be an alarm on that. No, they had, they had like a proper like big old-fashioned Victorian alarm clock, you know? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so um, the alarm clock failed to go off and they had to rush across central London. They got stuck in a massive queue in the taxi and dylan moran had to give the taxi driver his rolex in order to uh in order to pay because he didn't have any money and it was just so it was so stressful so anyway they get there they get to the start he's with his uh, ex-fiance's new partner at the start of the race and they end up competing against each other at the beginning of the race they go out way too fast and they're running in front of the elite men and all that and then uh, (laughs) of course yeah yeah, of course yeah because even yeah, because they could totally keep up that pace for like five minutes while they're talking at the same time. He's had three weeks of training. Exactly. Um, so they go out way too fast. And then he, there's a bit of a Mo Farah moment where his fiance, ex-fiance's new husband, new partner trips him over. Um, and they both fall to the ground. Da, da, da. Oh, no. Oh, no. Slow motion, fall into the ground. Ah. Um, so what happens is that, spoiler alert, not that it's all been spoilers, but the uh, his ex-fiancé's new partner ends up in hospital and Simon Pegg finishes the race. He hobbles to the oh, end. And everyone's behind him cheering, like, yay, like, well done. We're so proud of you. And I just thought to myself as well, like, there are people, if, if we take this to be like London Marathon, there are so many people that finishes, finish the race, like, you know, like a day late or whatever, because I don't know, um, because they have a disability or because, you know, there was that woman who was, or was it a man who was walking like at one of the London marathons? She had like this, um, like robotic sort of suit. Yeah, like thing. exoskeleton. Took yeah. about a week. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought, he's just fallen over and hurt himself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a big deal. No. A lot of people fall over yeah, in the marathon. Yeah, yeah. And so he's getting all these Go cheers and well done. It was like. It just seemed a bit, like, silly. So, yeah, that was basically the narrative. There were a few bits that were quite... And, of course, he wins back the woman as well. He gets Ugh. the girl in the end and they live happily ever after, which is bizarre, because she, has she totally forgotten all those shitty things he did? Like, yeah. he, he, he left He has not her, changed his ways at all. He left her at the altar while she was pregnant. He tried... Yeah. He, he went to get his son... His son was a big Lord of the Rings fan... And he was going to get his son tickets to see Lord of the Rings live in concert on the West End or whatever. And they get there and he hasn't got the tickets. Like, he's just a massive fuck-up and a letdown. Whereas, yeah. like, Wit, her new partner, you know, he got the tickets, front row tickets, see Lord of the Rings. He took it. You know, he was he was a better partner, I think. 
clearly better. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's always the case, isn't it? Like yeah. the new husband or boyfriend is always like a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah. It's someone who they might be dull because that's the kind of oh you know, but they're a terrible person. But yeah, usually they're just a bit dull, but they're solid and they love them and they do good by them. Yeah, exactly. I hate these films. I know, Ugh. but there's there was a few things I wanted to point out about it as well. Um, okay. Firstly, those of you, those long time listeners of the podcast know I don't like to see pictures of people's blisters on their feet regard you know Stuart keeps showing them to me I don't want to see them but I keep seeing them regardless there is a disgusting blister scene in this film so Simon Pegg gets a massive blister on the bottom of his foot and Dylan Moran has to like pop it with a with a needle and this blister like is it's massive and it go when it pops it goes all over Dylan Moran's face and it is disgusting like it makes me feel physically sick do blisters do that? Do no, they not, pop not, explosively? not like that. No, it was like, it was disgusting. There's also like a random over the top fight scene between Simon Pegg and Dylan Moran. And I, I, I can't remember why it is. I can't remember what happened because it wasn't like. I think that's because it's a Simon Pegg film. Yeah, it's bizarre though. It was, I think that's why. You know, like on Family Guy where they have these like long mm. over the top fight scenes. It's supposed to be funny because it goes on for so long. But actually, most time as a viewer, you're like. This is really quite. This is really quite boring, yeah. you know. It was like that. There was like you know dustbin lids being hit on each other, and it was just really bizarre. And like I said, I still can't remember. It didn't really contribute to the narrative much because I can't really remember no. why it was happening. So yeah, that was Run Fat Boy Run. I think it's it's of its time. It was a film mm-hmm. of its time, and it's one of those like really easy. You can just stick it on and it's not too taxing on the old brain. But also a lot of the tropes in there are really tired now. Yeah. You know? It might be, it might be tough to watch if you're an actual runner, though. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And I think the running kind of takes... You know, when we talk about, you know, is this film about running or, or like, running in the background sort of thing, the, the running really takes a backseat to the relate the story about the relationship and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah. But, um interesting to hear what other people's thoughts on run fat boy run is because i'm sure a lot of listeners have seen it is it one of people's favorite running films of all time an absolute classic <laughs> yeah we'd like to hear more suggestions uh, we did a couple of posts a little while ago we had uh, there's a couple lined up uh, like chariots of fire mcfarland usa run lola run is another one apparently yeah. so um that's someone else we'll probably have a look at any other suggestions please keep them coming in and now we move on to the tweets after we've just had a three-hour intermission where Amy's gone to the beach because she forgot she had to go. Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty much my life, really, is just uh, just doggy paddling, trying to keep my head above water, moving from one thing to the next. <laughs> and now we need to bang through this before your next day's social engagement. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Okay, right, tweets, tweets, tweets. Uh, Dave Sinclair has tweeted again, and he says, great way for that feel-good of overtaking runners turn up after the races started he said he tried it at the db max events longest day 10k 2019 he started last overtook 446 runners very nice uh, up to the stakes at valencia 10k started last overtook 2266 people stupidly proud of it i, I love the fact he's actually trying to do this because i think we mentioned before about stupid amounts of overtaking i accidentally overtook 
Um, I, I went back and worked it out because, of course, I did. It's me. Um, I At the Cardiff half a few years ago, uh, in this last 11K, I overtook 4,784 people in 55 minutes. And that was fucking brilliant. I enjoyed that a lot. Why? What happened for you to do that in the last 55 minutes? I was I was supposed to be pacing people, but I started too far ahead of them. So I thought, I'll just run slowly and eventually they'll catch me up and I'll find them and I'll run with them. Didn't see them after 10k, so I thought, fuck it, and just took off. And so I was that person just sprinting past everyone. Everyone's like, oh, we started really slowly. But I love Dave's actually tried to do it, which I think is actually some in some ways better. It's a good strategy. There is that nice feeling. Even if you've paced it correctly, where you're just overtaking people at the end who have gone out too fast. Yeah. It's very satisfying. Um, Chris Whitmore is up to the stakes with a screenshot to show he'd overtaken 6,156 runners in the first half of the Vitality London 10K in 2018. So that's in about 20 minutes. He overtook 6,000 people in 20 minutes, which is amazing. And we want to hear any more stories of impressive overtaking. We might not get more than 6,000. But just those stories of you overtaking people and feeling smug about it. And if anyone's got any abuse as well, did, great. Did Chris actually stay in front of those runners, though? Or did he just sprint out for the first 20 minutes, like 5k pace, then drop back? <laughs> um, I think he said he showed his overall result, which was kind of quite high. So, yeah, he did, he okay. did stay ahead of a lot of those. <laughs> so impressive. One for Marathon Investigates, I think. <laughs> marathon Investigations. <laughs> There's a few more of these. At Impossible 3 said, A club friend of mine started in Group E at Seoul in 2018 and finished second amateur in 2.28. He must easily have passed 10,000 runners with some ridiculous slaloming at the start. Um, I did try and go on their website to prove it, but their website is utter garbage. I mean, if you speak Korean, there might be a better version of it, but the only thing I can find just showed the top five finishers, so I can't find that to verify, so I'm not including that. It's impressive if it's real. And also at FlashGordy1H says there's a guy who used to run Loch Ness Marathon. Not sure if he still does, but always started at the back and finished in the top five. I mean, that's again, that's weirdly just trying to make a point about something, isn't it? It must be. It's probably a strategy, though, like in terms of, um, you know, ego, ego. Yeah. That's another website I checked, but there's not enough data on the website to see where people started and where people finished. So also cannot verify. At Carl underscore E88 says, zero motivation to run lately. So a seven kilometer walk listening to running is BS. Nope, still no motivation. Oh, yeah. If you want motivation, you don't listen to us. (laughs) Yeah, that's you're doing it wrong, Carl. Sorry. And Erin Shaw says, toenails are BS and sends us a picture of some very bloody socks and then some very bloody toes that I assumed were in the very bloody socks. Thanks, Emma. We don't need... And it's a nice fade on the, the red to like the green of the sock. It's quite a nice kind of effect on there. It looks nice. I don't mind that one. It's the picture without the sock that is a bit more, you know, we don't need those, Erin. You can keep those pictures, do what you want with them, but I don't need to see them. <laughs> We've also had an email and it says, listening to the latest pod and I have to admit to going on a Strava flagging spree. Shame. Do I count as a hashtag Strava wanker? He says, I ran a new route this weekend and noticed that on one of the segments, the leader was clearly in a car going home after finishing a round of golf. That's very specific. How do you know that? 
Suspicious when he'd gone from walking a round of golf in five hours to completing a segment at over 50 kilometres an hour. Ah, I see. Could happen. <laughs> On further inspection of the segments around this town, I noticed many segments where they were obviously in cars or on bikes for most or all of their route. Flag, flag, flag. Once I eventually go back to the office, I have a conversation to have about being a Strava wanker with a colleague who, whose elapsed times are always so much longer than their moving times. If running wasn't BS, would we have anything to talk about? Keep up the excellent podding, Matt. Thank you very much, Matt. Um, I believe Strava flagging makes you a Strava warrior, not a Strava wanker. Yep, doing God's work. It's what the feature is there for. We need to catch the Strava wankers. We need to get rid of them. First, we need to laugh at them. Then we need to flag them and get rid of those runs. I have no problem at all with a bit of flagging on Strava. Who cares if it was a mistake? If it shows there where roughly they live let's go find them and let's make them pay yeah, in let's person. punish them yeah it's terrible i've done a little bit of strava wankery this week to be fair i have strava tennis and foot golf this week which makes me a bit of a strava wanker however i'm not pretending they're runs and i'm not stealing segments so i think it's okay so do you put them down as like a walk there isn't a... um i think you can just do like an outdoor activity oh, or like okay. workout or something and tennis, frankly, is a speed session. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It's fair. really hard work. Yeah. And foot golf was just funny. So I just I put that as a walk, which it was, basically. So I think that's okay. That's okay if you're being upfront about it. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm not pretending it's anything else. Um, Brian O'Donoghue also emailed to point out that the Cardiff half has been postponed until March, but the only options are to run in March or find someone to transfer to. No deferrals or refunds. That's a shitty option. That is shitty, because at the end of the day, you signed up for a race that was in October. It's in October, isn't it, usually? Um, yeah. Yeah, so if they were changing it to next October and said all the entries would be rolled over, I think fair enough. But if they're going to change it to a totally different <laughs> season and then yeah. not offer deferrals or refunds, that's a bit shit. Especially as Brian only signed up to Cardiff Half to run with us. And no, can't even do that now. I'm not even signed up for it this year, so it doesn't really affect me. Oh, I thought you were. No. Okay, fine. You don't. <laughs> no, not, I don't think I am anyway. I may get an email at some point saying, oh, you're looking forward Who to knows? the Cardiff Half. Are you ready? And I'm like, shit, I didn't even know I was running it. But no, I don't think I am. I didn't know this policy was in place because I only saw the email that said it had been postponed and I just didn't read anymore because I didn't care. Yeah. It's like, whatever. I'm not going to do a race this year. don't care. <laughs> That time again, it's the bullshit running news time. Da, 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 bullshit running news time. Do, do, do. Now, we love talking about the Wales Coast Path, and our former guest, Reese Jenkins, is aiming to bang the whole thing out in under 20 days. The current record stands at 20 days, 12 hours, 55 minutes by New Zealander James Harkham. And since the Badwater Ultra in Death Valley has been cancelled, along with everything else reese is using all that training he's been doing on a hardcore staycation in wales he's going to start from chester in the northeast on july 21st and he's going to aim to reach chepstow in the southeast on august the 8th um of course the numbers are very very important here reese will cover 870 miles and enough elevation to climb everest four and a half times in 19 days so every single day he has to run an average of 46 miles and 2,100 meters of elevation. Uh, he's also going to be raising money for the CF Warriors, NSPCC, and Maggie's Cardiff. We're going to put those links in the show note and you can donate to him to support those charities. But fucking hell, Reese. 
That's crazy. 46 miles a day. I always think when you hear about these challenges and they're running, say, 20 miles a day, I always think that's crazy. Think, oh, they've got to run 25, 20 miles a day for this time, whatever. But 46 miles? That's... With that elevation as well. Yeah, with that elevation. It's monstrous. That's insane. Like, good luck to him. I mean, he's been training so hard. If anyone's sort of ready to to take on that challenge, it's him. And I guess it's a good way of thinking, well, uh, I've done all this training for bad water. You know, I'm not going to let that go to waste. I'm going to do something else. So, yeah, hopefully we can have a chat to him after he's completed it. Yeah, well, hopefully perhaps during as well, because yeah. on the, that last day when he gets to Chepstow, he starts uh, right near your flat, actually. So hopefully, if rules allow by then, we may be able to go and have a little run with him if he's if he's doing that. Oh, but otherwise, yeah. we'll try and get a chat to him at some point, definitely. Mm, that's amazing, yeah. Now there's good or bad news for wild poopers. There is now a great website with crowdsourced public toilets. So apparently runners have been at the forefront of submitting locations. I love that. Locations. Hey. Hey. And many have started using it to plan their routes. Head to lockdownloo.com to find your nearest loo in the UK. There's no app, but the map opens into Google Maps. This is this is not only great for runners, because I know, you know, Many a runner has had your wild poo, but also people in general. You know, there's people with health conditions where they need to go to mm. the toilet. And lockdown must have been really, no pun intended, or rather pun intended, shitty for them. You know, and I think there's a there's broader issue around lack of public toilets in general. I know people who do have health issues where they have to use the toilet frequently say there's like a chronic lack of public toilets in the UK. Mm. Oh, yeah. So this is great. Uh, yeah, it was it was started as a general thing just for all people. Um, but it seems, yeah, runners have been, they were like the big first wave because they know where all the toilets are. So they were straight on the app or on the website to submit all their locations. And I, I just thought, how has this not been a thing before? How has no one ever made an app um, or a website or something to put down where all the public toilets are? It's bizarre. Exactly. It's fantastic. And, you know, when I ran my ultra, I ran the Vogum, which was 40-odd miles, I ran with Bert. I, I ran an ultra, you know, 42 miles in total it was. Um, but I ran Second with time you Bert. <laughs> I ran with Bernie and she's fantastic. She's brilliant. And she got me through the ultra. But one of the reasons I ran with her, not just because she's an amazing person and she knew the route, she knew where the toilets were. So she'd be able to tell yeah. me to the mile, like, right, this is the next toilet and the next toilet after that is an X number of miles. And that's who you want running an ultra with, the person who knows where the actual toilets are so you don't have to do a wild poo absolutely uh final story today boobs yeah. that's right your number oh, one oh, podcast oh. for up the last your <laughs> number one podcast for running boob news there's more from runners world everyone oh. they report gps are getting more complaints about runners boob uh, from the article they said quote scientists have found that when you run your breasts move in a figure of eight pattern this means no matter how far your legs are running your breasts are running further fucking hell <laughs> In fact, researchers calculated the breasts can move 15 centimetres during a run. Like permanently. <laughs> like you get back and they're 15 I, centimetres somewhere else. <laughs> it just says like your breasts run further than your legs and they move 15 centimetres. Well, if you're running 10 centimetres, that's true. But what does... It's such a badly phrased thing. And I hate that thing of no matter how far your legs are running, your breasts are running. They're not running. They're moving. They're bouncing. It's not running. They don't say this God. about guys' dicks, do they? There, to be fair, there is, as far as I know, no research into this. <laughs> oh, I wonder why. <laughs> That's something we should look into, definitely. 
The NHS says that 70% of breast pain is down to wearing the wrong size sports bra. As you run more, your breasts may get smaller, and at the same time, a sports bra loses its elasticity with use, and experts recommend changing bras every 30 to 40 washes. So that's what, once every three or four years? Which I do not do. Like, I've had sports bras that are older than some people's kids now. Because at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like... If it doesn't feel right, get a new... It's like running shoes. If they don't feel right anymore, get new ones. I don't know why they have to say, like, oh, you need to do it every Thursday. Like, people are, like, ticking off how many washes it is. Just, if it's... If, yeah, it who's depends. keeping record of that? Also, it depends on the, the bra. Like, if you've got a certain brand, it may last, last longer than another brand. So just, if it feels too loose, get a new one. I don't know why there's all this, like... All, all this shit, you know? It's just people overcomplicating things and making a fuss over things. It's just... Don't worry about it. It is quite surprising how many people wear the wrong size. That oh, always yeah. kind of interests me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you can go, but most women... Not interested in a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, hang out in the fitting rooms and say, you're wearing the right size? Rah. Do you need a hand? <laughs> but just if, you, if you're worried about it, go get measured, you know? Go get measured for a sports bra. I'm sure most places do that. You know, that, that's the thing. But this has, like, become really overcomplicated, all this changing... This time people are wearing the wrong... Da, da, da. Get measured, change it when you feel like you need to change it. Bada bing, bada boom. It's interesting that it's actually GPs are reporting this now. It's kind of gone all the way to that level. People are getting so much pain, they're going to the doctor. Yeah, that that is a bit yeah. crazy, actually. Um, I assume it depends on the size of your boobs as well. You know what, it reminds me that it's funny. You know there's that always people joke about, oh, when you run, your womb's going to fall out and all that because um, that's what people used to think in the olden days why women didn't used to run long distances the 70s yeah somebody somebody i know had that sort of thing happen i don't know what it's called something oh. but like something's fall is falling out yeah from, what, from running run? from running like it's very rare but that's what i wonder whether that's what started the um you know, this thing that, oh, if you run, your womb's going to fall out. I think it's a very, very rare thing to happen to a woman. I think We need to get them on as a guest, yeah. clearly. <laughs> but yeah, her doctor advised her to, to stop running as much because, um, and, you know, probably pelvic floor exercise, because, yeah, things were, like, falling out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, wow, I don't okay. think it's common, though. I don't think it's anything worth worrying about, yeah. but it does happen. <laughs> You're more likely to see a man masturbating on the path than you are you to have are, your womb fall out of you. You are, and he had no so, support. In the, there we go. His dick was moving 15 centimetres. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> what a, a typically positive note to end on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, Stuart, what's coming up next? Um, I am taking day off work to do, what else? A bit of the coast path. Hooray! We can travel now to run and stuff. So, of course, heading to the coast path, having an ice cream, going for a run, playing some mini golf like a legend. Do you have to take days off work in lockdown? Do you not just skive off like everyone else? Yeah, of course You've I do. You've got to use your annual Oh, no, leave. sorry. No, I think my boss listens now. So, no, no, I, I work solidly and diligently throughout the day. And I haven't taken a day off in months, as most people haven't. So, why not? Yeah, you bet. So, they don't get suspicious. Book a few annual leave days. <laughs> like, of course, I'm using my annual leave. Always thinking. Leave. Always thinking. <laughs> How about you, taking the doggos out for lots of walks? Yes. Well, Pippin has so much energy. So, yeah, taking the doggos out, keeping on with my running. The ultra that I'm supposed to be running, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, has been moved to September. Again, 
not sure if this will go ahead. I'm assuming if things stay the same as they are now, it will. Because obviously ultras, you're less close to people and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, so I'm trying to get my I'm, I'm in two minds whether now to like postpone it and um, defer it to next year and just do it next June instead. September's June, it's not too long. And then I could go for like a faster time. Whereas if I train, I could probably just about do it, but it's going to be painful the whole way. So I don't know. I'm sort of weighing it whether to postpone it and have a proper crack at it in June or like once I've got my base mileage back up or just have a go and just get it done. I'll do it in June again anyway. This is like proper serious conversation. This is probably the most like serious running consideration. I was just going to say, if we already ended it, fuck it, just do it anyway. You did it last year. I I mean, you've done more training this year than you have last year. (laughs) That is true. It was awful. As in, like, I was falling apart because I hadn't enough training yeah. towards the end. But it was also a lovely route and stuff. So, I don't know. I can probably just take it easy and just chill and do it. So, yeah. I'm a bit worried that the weather would be shit in September as well. But we usually have quite good days. So, yeah. yeah. Hopefully it's content fun. anyway. That's what we've got to think. Absolutely. Um, let us know what you think Amy should do. Uh, right at the end now, a final shout out to our Patreon $1 donors. That is Anthony, Victoria, Louise, Larry, Len, Charlie, Chris, Matt, Moena, Ben, Matt, Jonathan, Angela, Harry, Liz, John, Steph, Rich and Matt. Boom. If you've enjoyed listening to this bullshit, please visit www.runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, merch store and social medias. Thank you, everyone. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks' time. See you in a bit. Have fun going to Primark or your favourite store and eating in restaurants. That's what we can do now. Ah! God, I hate you so much.